This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. RestoringTheFaith.com Oh my goodness. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Parrot here, broadcasting live today from the heart of America. I'm in the RTF studio. It is the sixth day of the twelfth month of the year of our Lord, 2023. It is St. Nicholas Day! This is a huge, huge day in my family. Maybe towards the end of the segment, I will uh, talk to you a little bit about St. Nicholas Day. This is Paratalk. We are every single day, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time here on the Crusade Channel. This is live talk radio the way it should be. Always on air, always online, always happy to be with you. I just keep adding that tag. I'm just going to make it longer and longer. The tagline for the show is going to be like 17 seconds uh, in the end. So much to get through today. I'm going to be live for the entire hour, and it is an honor to be with you. Uh, for those who are uh, aspiring participants in the Merry Manly Christmas giveaway, yeah, I'm just saying, y'all might want to pay attention to that. I'm, I'm not, I don't have any premonition of any kind. I'm just telling you guys, and I'm in the chat as well. If you're in the Crusader chat room, <laughs> I see you. Yes, I see you, Aaron. I see you, Joe. You're all there. It's a tough room. I, it's a tough crowd, but we're going to please you today because the first thing we're going to do, uh, stunning admission, stunning admission. You know, I kind of like RFK. I mean, I do. He, he says some things that I like and he's in, you know, he's awake to certain things in the end. Is he part of the revolution? Yeah, of course he is. This guy just admitted like literally moments ago that he was on Epstein Island. All right. So uh, if the audio is not coming through, uh, <laughs> you have RFK on Fox News. And uh, I'll just relay to you what he said. I guess I I'm not pushing my audio very well. Sorry about that. Uh, he is on Fox News saying that he took two flights on the Epstein plane. He took two flights on the Epstein plane in 1993. And then again, a year later or two years later, he went fossil hunting somewhere in the American plains. Uh, he took a flight with Epstein down to Florida. He took his children on the plane. He took his wife on the plane. And he says, look, in 93, none of us knew that he was a nefarious dirtbag. And I've been very open about this. I, look, I, I am of two minds on this whole thing with RFK. I mean, first of all, bravo to him for, like, just being open about it, right? How many politicians are trying to scrub the logs? And why can't we get the logs? How many politicians are trying to cl claim or just downplay it or never take a question about it or never address it directly? But then again, at the same time, it's kind of like, well, if you were in cahoots with Epstein in the early 90s, like, that's 30 years ago. That's 30 years ago that you've been in, in touch with Jeffrey Epstein. In, in, in my experience, you generally don't take private plane flights with people and then totally lose touch with them, right? It, 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 it stands to reason that if you're if buddy-buddy you're enough to go have these shared experiences in Florida or in North Dakota or wherever, and you're, and you're taking a private jet, by the way, how did Epstein have a private jet 30 years ago? This man has been making the moolah hand over fist for the last 30 plus years. To have a private jet 30 years ago, you legitimately had to be very rich. Okay? They, you know, private, private uh, air travel has become more accessible today. There's more options. There are carriers. You can timeshare a plane these days. I mean, you know, I'm sure, look, I'm sure that Michael Voris probably has, has taken private plane rides. 
But 30 years ago, when the guy had his own plane, he was doing something very high margin. He was making a lot of money in the early 90s, 30 years ago. When you're a politician or a member of the Kennedy family or whatever, you're not going to just have some random falling out. And this is something that's not addressed in the clip. I wish I could play the rest of the clip for you, uh, but it's not addressed in the clip whatsoever. Uh, and so, you know, this this actually in in some sense, this is this is the American political class in one uh, in one interaction, seemingly giving you uh, all the answers, seemingly ad- addressing an issue head on. And here we have RFK Jr. saying, yeah, I, I, I took the, the plane flights and I didn't know anything else. And then there's no follow up from the reporter on Fox News It's Jesse Waters. Jesse doesn't go in and say, OK, but like, when did you cut ties with Epstein? What, when did you learn about uh, Ghislaine Maxwell and her nefarious activities? Um, RFK admits that his wife was friends with Ghislaine Maxwell. No follow through on that. We, we just we just get a pass in the American political media establishment uh, today. Speaking of presidential politics, Liz Cheney is going to jump in. Have you seen this? Cheney says that she's ready to start a third party. I don't know what she's going to call. I, th- I think it's just the never Trump party. She has to she's warning everybody of the quote unquote grave threat of the Trump led GOP. Once a rising star in the GOP, um, <laughs> well, I don't know that I would agree with that assessment. But uh, according to the, the mainstream media, she is a, once a rising star in the GOP. She's going to be she's launching her own third party and running for president in 2024. She thinks she's going to scuttle Donald Trump. Now, look, I'm I am a hobby political observer uh, observer in these United States. All right. I am. A, I am. A, I am by far a hobbyist. OK, but I just don't think that Liz Cheney is going to stop Donald Trump. If you look at her policies and who she is and the vote she's going to pick off, she's going to accrue just as many centrist Democrats as she would uh, on the Republican side. And here's why. The Democrats have become literal demons in the United States of America and in the, in the USSA. They've gone off the deep end. They want to control everything, tax everything. Uh, the, their new religion is uh, environmentalism. They want to sacrifice animals to the weather gods. That's what they want to do. They want to cull the herd of animals, including you. You're just an animal. You're just an evolved ape, according to them. They want to, they want to sacrifice all of all of all of humanity basically to the to the weather gods and um and um okay so i guess we have some audio for rfk and i and i think we've got to hear it um because i think he's still running for president he's an independent now now Liz cheney's gonna be an independent i i am announcing today after we get through the the rfk audio that i'm gonna run for as as a, a independent president of the united states i mean everybody's in i think taylor marshall's still in too on it uh in 1993 and I was on it in, and I went to Florida with my wife and uh, two children to visit my mom over Easter. Um, my my wife had some kind of relationship with Glenn Maxwell, and they offered us a ride to Palm Beach. So I went then, and then on another occasion, I flew again with my family, with I think four of my children, and. Um, and uh, 
and Mary, my wife, to Rapid City, South Dakota, to go fossil hunting I, uh, for a weekend. And uh, but other, otherwise, I was I was never on his jet alone. I you know I've been very open about this from the beginning. This was in '93, so it was 30 years ago. It was before anybody knew about Jeffrey Epstein's, uh, you know, his nefarious issues. And I agree with you that these, all of this information should be released. Um, and we, we should get real answers on what happened to Jeffrey Epstein and any of the high-level political people that he was uh, involved with. All of that should be open to the public. It should be absolutely transparent. And, you know, Amazing. I don't see why any of those records would have any redactions in them. Why would we be hiding that from the American public? Well, you might not... Okay, so <laughs> this is a, this is an amazing. Thing. Do you see how he redirects? Yes, I was on Epstein's plane, and we should look into all the other people that were on Epstein's plane. Did, that was a master class. That was a master class right there in the in 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 politics. This man is a Kennedy, ladies and gentlemen. I dub him. I dub him the next president of the United States. Do you see how he took you down that road? He said, well, I may have done it, but it wasn't a big deal when I did it. It's a big deal when other people do it, and we should investigate those, and we should have full transparency. And, okay, well, can we get the full transparency on what transpired in the last 30 years between you and Epstein? Because, again, you were traveling buddies on his private plane. You're, you're friends with Maxwell. By the way, Maxwell didn't kill herself uh, for whatever it's worth. Um, <laughs> and he's still running for president of the United States. Okay, um, we, we talked about Liz Cheney as well. There's something else that the American political establishment has released to the public, and it, it involves the Catholic Church. Politicians, political appointees, specifically from the Department of Justice, have been intervening into the Catholic Church. There's a, a, a Jim Jordan just released a scathing memo. It's a 30 page memo. Uh, this is the committee on the judiciary and the select subcommittee on the weaponization of federal government. Uh, and they've been looking into the FBI categorization of certain Catholic Americans as potential domestic terrorists. Ladies and gentlemen, this one hits close to home. If you're listening to this broadcast, there's a good chance you are either an RTC or adjacent to an RTC. What's an RTC? Radical, traditional, Catholic. Now, you may not be there yet. You may be on the road to it, God willing. But all of us listening to the sound of my voice right now, this is your American government weaponized. An FBI-wide memorandum originating from the FBI's Richmond Field Office was looking into the Catholic beliefs, domestic terrorist beliefs, under the guise of tackling the threat of domestic terrorism. The memorandum painted certain radical traditional Catholics, RTCs, as violent extremists, and they proposed opportunities for the FBI to infiltrate Catholic churches as a form of threat mitigation. Now, stunning admissions in this finding that Jim Jordan just dropped and it's out online and, and uh, I'm reading the PDF right now on judiciary.house.gov 
the Federal Bureau of Investigation was interviewing priests, choir directors, to try to figure out how they could place their own agents into the churches, specifically the churches of the Society of St. Pius X, which is a traditionalist group committed to the preservation of the Latin Mass. It is no exaggeration, and I know that this has been covered, and the whistleblower, the, 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 the king dude interviewed the whistleblower himself, and this has been uh, this has been this has been like a festering thing that you that we're unwrapping, and the, like the more we unwrap it, the more putrid it gets, and you're just like, oh, I don't know if I want to go to the bar, the heart of this thing. The simple fact is that the organs of the government have been used against the faithful. You know, a, a, a couple months ago, I went through uh, some of the communist survivors and um i played for you or read for you one of the speeches that alexander solzhenitsyn had given at harvard i think it took two or three days to get through it it was the commencement address that solzhenitsyn had given at harvard in the 70s and he relayed the fact that in the united states of america the ussa it stands for usury sodomy and abortion what's the other s you ask well i don't know socialism the united uh, usury sodomy socialism and abortion ussa that in the ussa in the 1970s he saw all the markings of the communist revolution that he had been a part of and supported and then converted away from and then been well, the show must go on, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I, I'm not sure where you lost me. I was, I was, I was getting fired up about Thomas Jefferson. I want to go back to that thought. Uh, I think that I think that the RTC, of which I'm a member, we're, we're under we're under digital attack. This, hey, this is something we need to plan for, folks. Dialing in on an on an unsecured line here. Let's see if they can hack the cell phones. Uh, while they're at it, but thanks for sticking around with me. Uh, this is Mike Parrott here on the uh, Parrot Talk Crusade Channel Live Talk Radio, the way it should be. We are always on air, always online, even if that government that I was telling you doesn't want us to be around, even if that government uh, is is going after us. I'm talking about the Jim Jordan story right now. Jim Jordan released a scathing rebuke of the federal government who has used the organs of government to go after faithful Catholics, infiltrating churches, maybe even impersonating priests, at least interviewing priests, at least interviewing choir directors, causing and sowing discord in these United States. Um, I don't know if you heard the whole thing on Jefferson. I, you, you, you all know that I am not here to vindicate Thomas Jefferson. I went to his house in Monticello uh, recently, about a year ago. That guy was such a weirdo. He's a weirdo. You can tell by his stuff. You know, you can tell a lot about a dead guy by what his house looked like and how it was decorated and, and all of those things. This man was not right in the head. But what he was right about was the one thing that he did get right, amongst others. He got a few things right. He wrote a letter in 1802 to the Danbury Baptists, and he assured them, that the federal government does not exist to uh, impose a religion on people. In fact, he wrote those famous eight words, a wall of separation between church and state. He wrote those words as a guarantee of religious freedom in these United States. 
his contention, and it was understood for uh, over a hundred years, was that the the dogma of democracy. This is one of the dogmas of democracy that we just accept. Everybody around us accepts it. Your kids accept it. Your your cousins, your neighbors, everybody. The dogma of democracy that there is a separation of church and state. That is uh, that is there, according to Jefferson, to protect the church from the state in order to give freedom and exaltation and liberty to the church, not the other way around. It wasn't until an activist Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, activist Supreme Court in 1947, in the Everson case, when those same words were used, they were proof texted and uh, flipped around. So I just wanted to get that out there. And now, since 1947, for the last almost 80 years, uh, or, or maybe more, we have, we have believed, we have believed that the separation of church and state means that there cannot be any church interference into the state. It's the other way around. It always was, well, up until an activist Supreme Court. So what do you do about it? Well, I think one of the things we have to do is we got to take up space. This Christmas, let's keep Christ in Christmas. I want to see Christmas, Christmas crashes everywhere. I want to see nativity scenes. I want to see Advent wreaths, Advent calendars. And by the way, I think that we should be, we should take back, uh, the, you know, the Christmas culture. One of the things that probably you're all aware of, uh, and honestly, I didn't know this. I, I've told you, I have told you, I am not a lifelong conspiracy theorist. I continue to be shocked at how little I've known, you know, on my 40 trips around the sun or whatever simulated uh, version of that, uh, uh, squares with, uh, with, <laughs> with my cosmology. Um, the Christmas music to which we are ruthlessly subjected. I mean, you are smacked in the face. Literally, you are, you are shopping for your Thanksgiving turkey, and they are queuing up Mariah Carey. She's hiding in the frozen aisle, waiting to bludgeon you with her screed. These Christmas songs, even the classic ones, all have something in common. Well, they don't have nothing to do with Christ. And they have nothing to do with, with, with the incarnation of the second person of the Blessed Trinity. So who would, who would go out of their way to write all these Christmas songs, you wonder? Honestly, who would do that? Who would do such a thing? Well, it turns out that there may actually be a common ancestry uh, to the folks who write these Christmas songs. And uh, I have a feeling that you probably know. Uh, a thing or two about that. So that's maybe as far as I'll go on that. But if you were a committed enemy of Christ, let's say, if you were born as an enemy of Christ, and you were, uh, you were, uh, I don't know, a secularist, an atheist, uh, hated Christ, you would subvert Christmas in the following ways. Number one, you would take people's eyes off of our Lord. You would hide the birth of Jesus Christ on earth, the incarnation of the second person of the Blessed Trinity. You would, you would, just, you would hide that. Number two, you would pervert the, the liturgical calendar. And this is something that really gets to me. When, when we read Dom Garanger 
and the liturgical year, and we read uh, all of the beautiful Advent and Christmas traditions from our betters, our forefathers in the faith, upon whose shoulders all of us are standing, uh, we find that, uh, well, we find that there's a, there's a whole lot of tradition there, but one of those things that's not a tradition, it's not a tradition to start listening to Christmas music while you're shopping for your Thanksgiving turkey. Um, and I, golly, does this bother every, anybody else? This is the first time I brought this up on the show, I think. Um, and I, I got to tell you guys, this is something we got to get. We have to take up space. We have to ask people, uh, when people say Merry Christmas to me now, I don't say it back. I don't say Merry Christmas back. I say, yeah, almost, or we're getting there, or I can't wait till it is. And what we need to do is we need to celebrate Christmas the way we're supposed to on Christmas. And thereafter, there's a whole Christmas cycle. We've got the 12 days of Christmas. We get to Epiphany. We have the time after Epiphany all the way to Candlemas. Candlemas is February 2nd. And it is a, it is a, a, a splendid and beautiful and solemn Mass tied to the, to, to the purity of Our Lady. So we need, to, we need to look at all of these things. We need to say, okay... When am I going to put my Christmas tree up? When am I going to do all of those things? My house right now, I can tell you, I can tell you right now, does not have a single Christmas decoration in it at the moment. And as we uh, move forward in time and Advent uh, becomes more intense, and as we get closer and closer to uh, the birth of our Lord, we're going to see some purple coming out in my house. We're going to see some, some images covered in purple, shrouded, shrouded in the mystery of the Incarnation. And, um, at first, uh, well, we had, we used to do this family reveal thing where, um, St. Nicholas himself would come overnight after midnight mass and he would decorate the Christmas tree. So the children would wake up and the Christmas tree would be decorated, um, by, by, by St. Nicholas who had, who had come that night. <laughs> well, St. Nicholas is getting a little older. <laughs> and that midnight mass, that midnight mass on Christmas Eve, it's not getting any shorter. <laughs> so I don't know about any of you, but St. Nicholas probably doesn't need to be moving around at three, three or four in the morning, hanging Christmas ornaments on trees. Um, it, it maybe was a good start. So St. Nicholas wrote our family a letter and he, he wrote the children and he said, Hey, you are now of age to where on Christmas Eve, you can decorate the tree. So I don't have to do it for you. I, I did it when you were small, but you know, you, you, you've, you've got plenty of helping hands. Um, and this kind of gets to the letter that I wanted to talk, talk to you guys about. Uh, today is the feast of St. Nicholas. And in Christendom, this was a huge feast. I mean, even in Protestant Christendom, like even in, um, in the Netherlands, for example, St. Nicholas Day is kept as a feast day. St. Nicholas Day was truly a joyous occasion, especially for children. And it, and, um, and it is a day at the beginning of Advent where, you know, typically we're, we're giving stuff up. It's a little bit penitential. We're preparing for the incarnation of the second person of the Blessed Trinity. And we are, uh, well, we, 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 we get a little treat from St. Nicholas, a little, a little encouragement. And what, uh, what my family's done is that the children have received words of encouragement, actual written in cursive, because cursive is racist, uh, written words of encouragement 
for, uh, for the children, for their perseverance in Advent. So here's what we do. And it's not too late to do this. And this is why I should have, I should have told you about this yesterday, but I, it slipped my mind. But, but today's the day, and you can, we can still do something, okay? Our children laid out their shoes. A lot of people know about the shoes. You put the shoes out in front of the fireplace or wherever. And what, my, what mine do is they, they each draw, uh, for those who can't write yet, they draw, but everybody draws pictures of what they would like to receive for Christmas. And since I'm a pretty boy-heavy family, I get a lot of pictures every year for St. Nicholas of, like, swords and shields and, and guns and knives and, and battle axes and who knows what. Things that you can bludgeon the enemies of, the enemies of God with. So, very cool. Love that. Um, I, get, I, get, I get lots of pictures of things that they want. And St. Nicholas, overnight, between last night and this morning, would have arrived to our living room. And he would have taken up those letters from the children. And he would have, um, he would have placed a little gift um, inside the children's shoes. Oftentimes, it's, it's just gold candy coins, um, uh, gold chocolate, you know, foil wrapped in gold uh, chocolate coins. And sometimes there's, there, there are other little gifts. Uh, one year, I think he brought them all snow boots because we were getting a pretty heavy snow even, even early December of that year. And the most important thing that he does, and this is one of the one of the best ways that I have found to commute. Well, guys, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. The technology is failing today. Even they they got the cell phone. I think that the I think that as an RTC, the FBI can only target one device at a time. So they took out the internet. They attacked the internet. <laughs> and then I went to sell and then they attacked the cell. Literally the call dropped and I couldn't make an outgoing call, but we are back online. This is Mike Parrott here with the, uh, with Parrot talk. This is the crusade channel. This is, the, this is live talk radio. This is as live and raw as it gets, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but happy to be back with you. I just want to tie a bow on this, on this whole St. Nicholas thing. And then we can pr- proceed with other things that we got. We, we got to, we got to do in the show here. And thanks for hanging out in the crusader chat room. I'm back in. I see you guys. Um, <laughs> you guys. So yeah, the phone. Yeah. Yes. No, I'm not joking. I am being targeted by the FBI. I, it would not surprise me at all. It would not surprise me at all. I wonder what the, you know, I should get one of those, um, like, uh, radio frequency detectors just to see if there aren't like microwaves being targeted at the RTF studio uh, here in the heart of America because I just nothing would surprise me. Just nothing would surprise me. Okay, I want to um, let me let me do one thing here, ladies and gentlemen. Let me just tell you. Are you? Okay, what are you talking about? I'm Santa Claus. No, you're not. Uh, why, why, of course I am. <laughs> Well, if you're Santa, what song did I sing for you on your birthday this year? Uh, happy birthday, of course! Uh, so, uh, how old are you, son? Four. You're a big boy. What's your name? Paul. And, uh, what can I Paul, get you for Christmas? Don't tell him what you want. He's a liar. Let the kid talk. You disgust me. How can you live with yourself? Just cool it, Zippy. You sit on a throne of lies. Look, I'm not kidding. You're a fake. I'm a fake? Yes. How'd you like to be dead? Huh? Sorry, <laughs> no, he's kidding. You stink. I think you're gonna have a good Christmas, all right? I smell like 
beef and cheese. You don't smell like Santa. Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay, I think y'all, you, you probably should have called in. We are looking for caller number eight right now. Do we have a caller number eight? We are waiting for caller number eight for the Merry Manly Christmas giveaway. I can't. This is so exciting. I get to do this live. Uh, you guys should be calling in right now. And all right, guys, we are back. And uh, look, I don't care how hard the federal government hacks this RTC. We are going to get to caller number eight today. We are looking for caller number eight. We're going to bring you in. We're going <laughs> to and you are going to enter to win the Merry Manly Christmas contest. I believe caller number eight also gets $50 in the, uh, well, in the founders trading post. Uh, hopefully that's true because I'm saying it. And if it's not true, uh, King dude, I'll send you 50 bucks after this. <laughs> All right. We're looking for caller number eight. I'm not, I don't, I, I am totally blind to this. I don't know if we have that caller yet. You, but you got caller eight, but because we didn't have a connection, he hanged up. So you can congratulate G Money, the man, for, for being today's oh, winner. G Money, the man. G Money. Well, we G Money. Well, we had we had you, but you hung up. Well, it, you know, look, I don't blame you for hanging up. This has been the most technologically challenged I've ever been, and it all started when I started talking about the RTC stuff. Isn't that weird? That's super weird. Um, all right. Well, G Money, you're gonna get your you're gonna get your uh, uh, entry into the grand prize, and we'll get you into the founders trading post as well. All right, folks. Uh, we've got other things that we can talk about today. We got about ten minutes left in the program. Incidentally, if any of you have uh, some really important St. Nicholas Day experiences, especially if you maybe lived in Europe or have uh, European uh, grandparents or anything like that, and you want to call in, that'd be great. I'd love to talk to you about it. Uh, you can you can use the same number that you always use, 844-527-8723. And you can, we'll get you in there, and I'd love to talk about it. But let me just tell you a little bit about the, the, the St. Nicholas Christmas letter that, uh, well, that we have, we have appropriated this tradition for many years now. And I am a huge evangelist for it, and people find it that it works. I think I was telling you right before the last uh, uh, anti-RTC hack uh, from, the, from the feds that children very often listen to advice from other adults. They do. Sometimes you need the reinforcement of someone who's not mommy and daddy who's constantly nagging them. And every now and then you've got to just have a, a third party validate and verify those important lessons that we're all trying to instill in our children. Well, who better to do that than a saint, than a saint? And so once the, uh, once the little parrot children or, or uh, the parakeets, they're not quite parrots yet, you know, they're little parakeets. When they wake up on, uh, on the 6th of December, they, they know what to do. They know the game plan. They get straight to their shoes. They want to see what St. Nicholas left them and oftentimes rolled up on nice, fine parchment paper, handwritten in cursive with a bow on it, is a, an incredible letter. And the letter is from St. Nicholas himself. And this letter uh, has grown in, um, in length over the years and complexity. Because what it does is it addresses each child individually. And it says, uh, child number two, 
the predominant fault that I have witnessed this year on your end is uh, whatever, impatience, anger, um, frustration. You're, you're often frustrated with number three and number five or whatever it is. Or child number three, uh, you're, you've been ex exceptionally, exceedingly disobedient to your mother, blah, 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 right? So you, it kind of names the, the things, the shortcomings of the year and then says, but you have the opportunity this Advent to rectify, to right those wrongs, okay? And this, this letter goes on and on, and it gives the children the opportunity. First, it acknowledges receipt of their letters, says, I, you know, I write you once again this year with, you know, with, with the love and peace of Christ, and I am, I am in receipt of your letters, and I will consider your, uh, your requests, and, uh, and I, you know, I will duly consider those requests contingent upon uh, us improving ourselves in the following specific ways. And so we make a big deal, you know, uh, I, I make my cup of coffee and I, and I sit in my chair and the children sit around me and I read this letter from St. Nicholas to each of them. And each one of them gets addressed by name and each one of them is both praised for the, for the wonderful things that they've done that year. For example, you may say, um, you know, you, were, uh, you've re you, you received your first Holy Communion this year and I, along with the other saints in heaven, celebrated uh, at your first Holy Communion, and, and, and we, it, it brought joy to our hearts. But now that you receive First Holy Communion, now that you're a communicant, you need to make sure that you are actually receiving all the graces, and here's how you can do that, prepare yourself for Mass, and blah, blah, blah. So you, so you, you can build up the children from the point of view of a heavenly saint who appears to have perfect knowledge into their souls and who appears to be watching them very, very closely every single day. And, um, and then basically makes their Christmas gifts contingent upon some act of virtue and habituation of virtue during, uh, during the Advent season. So for one year, I, I had, I had a, one of my children just who would not memorize certain prayers. He just wouldn't get it. He just didn't get it. And so St. Nicholas said, Hey, Unless you can recite from memory the Our Father and the and the Ave Maria and and and, and a whole you know, a short list of of achievable prayers, unless you can do that by Christmas Eve, there's a good chance that you're going to miss the mark and you're not going to be happy when I come back with your presence. Um, so I, it's it's just a beautiful it's just a beautiful tradition. I can't tell you how fun it is, um, and I I wish that we had invented it. Um, but actually, we, we inherited it from, uh, from people who have been doing it for much longer, and they inherited it from, um, I, I think, one of, the, one of the historical French, I think it's French that this happens, or it could be Dutch. St. Nicholas is beloved. He is beloved um, all across the world, especially in Christendom. And yet, it's just an asterisk um, on, our, on our liturgical calendar today. And, uh, and, and hardly mentioned and barely, barely celebrated. And I think that's a great sadness because we're missing a huge opportunity to, uh, to continue to form our children uh, and, and to teach them how to love a saint, to teach them to love someone who is in heaven, who is very much alive and very much cares about them, who is in heaven right now. And um, so that, I think, is one of the ways that we can 
really uh, live the liturgical year and, and, uh, and take up space in this war for Christmas. You know, the Jews have all these songs about, you know, let it snow and jingle bells, and they will never, ever, ever, well, they don't want you to hear Silent Night. They don't, they don't want you to hear Joy to the World. Uh, so they're going to inundate you uh, with all of this crap garbage about the weather, singing about the weather. You know, that's, I mean, that's basically, that's basically the environmentalist uh, religion. They're just singing about the weather. Um, they want you doing that, but they want you doing that now. When instead, they want you to preemptively celebrate Christmas instead of and in lieu of the penance and the virtue that we could be doing and should be doing in this most ancient of seasons of Advent. You know, Advent used to be six weeks long. Um, it, it has in some times, in some places in Christmas, it started on Michaelmas, or on, um, on um, no, not Michaelmas, Martinmas, the Feast of St. Martin. Uh, so that would, that would take us into November when it would start. Um, and, you know, it's been seven weeks in some places. And Dom Garanger lays all of this out in the liturgical year. It's very interesting to read. But this most ancient of seasons has now been replaced by Mariah Carey, um, whose singer, singer, songwriter, person, whose producer probably has done more grave harm to the liturgical calendar than than Bugnini. <laughs> All right, that's that's not true, but, uh, <laughs> but but we've got I I just hope that anybody listening right now 337 and 3:42 a.m. local time. 168,386 A letter from heaven. Um, now ours ours actually says so what we're trying to do is uh, is merge, not merge but supplant. We're trying to be a little sneaky about it. We want to supplant the Coca-Cola Santa Claus with, uh, with, with His Excellency, the bishop. So we have some beautiful imagery that we have found where uh, His Excellency, St. Nicholas, the bishop, is, uh, is adorned in red and white robes, and he looks kind of like Santa Claus. And we use that imagery, and we keep a framed image of that during, uh, during the season. But for His Excellency to, to release his letter, his letter comes from heaven, but on the header of it, it says the North Pole. Um, because I, and and I, don't know, I don't even know if the children notice this or ever will. Uh, we file all the letters away in our Christmas folder, so we've got years and years of these things. And they all say from the North Pole. And hopefully what that's doing is, is recapturing St. Nicholas from the secular culture. And maybe it's not. Maybe it's an homage to the secular culture that, that's, not, that's not entirely wildly appropriate. But that's what we're doing in the RTF household. And this is the broadcast that the Federal Bureau of Investigation, they didn't want you to hear this broadcast. I mean, look, at we're just talking about Christmas traditions and, and how to celebrate St. Nicholas Day. And the feds have intervened. They have hacked the computers. They've taken down the Internet. They've even silenced the cell phone. They didn't want you to know about this. And there's got to be a reason for that. I'm tongue in, I'm in jest a little bit right now, just a little bit in jest. Uh, but it's been great uh, talking with you guys today. I don't have, I'm on a cell phone, right? I don't have the ability to do my outro music. I love my outro music. Um, one more thing, if I could ask you to do this thing. I've asked a lot of you today to do a lot of things. Send me an email. 
send me an email with some parody song ideas because I, I love the groomer song <laughs> and I'm going to play it as often as possible, but I think we need to increase our repertoire of, uh, of parody songs. I've got one idea that I want to, I want to get out to you guys. Uh, and, uh, if this tornado siren <laughs> would stop, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, I'll preview you on it, but you can email me at restoring the faith media, gmail.com. That's again, restoring the faith media, at gmail.com. Pleasure to be with you as always. Enjoy the day. And uh, I'll be back with you tomorrow, Thursday. And um, well, hopefully, some of you. How wonderful wonderful your St. Nicholas Day was. God bless you. Thank you for listening. It's a pleasure to be with you. Paratalk here on the Crusade Channel. Live talk radio the way to you. Restoring the Faith Media. Restoring the Faith.